This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow, and we're going to do some stock market work. But the stock market is ugly. Ugly. Best way I can say it. For the week, the Dow Jones was off 1,646 points. The NASDAQ, which is just getting creamed, that was off 1,125 points. NASDAQ's 14% below its peak of last November. And the S&P 500, the broad index, off 265 points. Everybody's done very badly in the new year. So let's talk to our guests. I'm going to blame our guests for this. Stephanie Link is chief investment strategist, high tower advisors, head of investment solutions. I'm going to blame her. And I'm also going to blame Ken Paul Carey, managing partner at Case Capital Advisors, and chief market strategist at Slate Stone Wealth. So, kids, you guys aren't doing all that well. The market has not had a happy new year. Um, here I am, saving America and killing the bill and stopping big government socialism and inflation and high taxes. And look what you're doing to me. I'm getting no reward for my efforts whatsoever. So, Stephanie Link, what is going on here? You tell us. There's so much. <laughs> there's so much to unpack. And Larry, thanks to, to ha- for having us on. Kenny, it's great to be on with you again. Um, in terms of what what I'm watching, I mean, really, I think this past week was all about rates and the velocity of the move. The speed is always unwelcome when it's really quick and not expected. And while we all expected higher rates, as I mentioned, the speed we've gone from 134 on the 10 year on December 3rd. We got as high as 187 on Tuesday. And uh, and I think rates are going up for the right reasons because the economy is doing better, especially post-Omicron. Uh, I think you're going to see another leg up in terms of growth. But it's inflation. We've got a normalized policy. And the Fed is going to do their thing. That's why they said they're going to. Are they behind the curve? Probably. Um, not as behind the curve, by the way, as the, as the ECB and, and Lagarde. But uh, we're, we're behind the curve and we're going to take action. Um, and, uh, and, and as a result of that, Larry, you've seen long duration assets. What is that? That's technology, that's growth, that's non earners, which are, by the way, very over owned. Um, and they are selling off much, much harder than some of the more cyclicals, reopens, more of the value side of things. But everything got hit, to your point. But on a relative basis, you're seeing much more hit for the long duration assets. Look, we've, we have right. inflation. We know it. I think last week was also about the realization that, wow, we do. We had the, uh, the hot CPI number the week before, the hot CPI number, the non-farm payroll number. The wages were 4.7. ECI is up there, too. And then last week, this past week, we had Eurozone CPI at 5% and Germany's CPI at 24%. There's inflation everywhere, right? Mm. So we have to address it. We should take our lumps in terms of higher rates. And I just don't think three or four rate hikes is going to be that meaningful to growth. But right. people right now, are just, they're just not positioned for it. But I would just add a thought that three or four rate hikes is not going to do it. 
I mean, right. you got you got seven percent inflation rate. You could call it five percent on the broader uh, PCE deflator, but you've got so so the Fed so the zero Fed funds rate is net is minus five hundred basis points or minus seven hundred basis points. Uh, you got an unemployment rate of three point nine percent. Uh, X Omicron, the economy is still pretty strong. We're probably going to have a weaker first quarter because of Omicron, I guess. But I'm just going to read some headlines here. Tech stocks just had their worst week since March 2020 as Pelotron and Netflix scared investors. Another headline, Amazon stock just had its worst week since 2018. Goldman Sachs had a very big miss, which I think freaked out a lot of people, uh, they were supposed to be doing so well. The banks were supposed to be doing so well. So, um, Ken, po- Ken Poker, I mean, one question everybody's going to ask is how long is this correction going to last? Listen, I think, you know, 70 and then 70, it's great to be on with you as well. I think that 70 makes all those points are valid. They're all correct. We all knew it was coming. We've been talking about it for months at the end of 2021, uh, at the end of 2021, about what to expect when this started to happen. So none of this should really be a surprise. I think what's surprising a lot of people is the speed at which it's happening. But, you know, sometimes it's better to get over with. I still think there's more downside because I do think, Larry, like you said, three or four may not do it unless, of course, those three or four are half-point moves instead of quarter-point moves that oh. everyone's expecting. Oh, and I'd I love think, that. I think that's, I would love I that. Think that's, well, listen, I think there's a real possibility, I think, that – the, the first move out of the gate would be a 50 basis point move. And I think the last time the three of us were on, you actually brought that up. It was December and everyone was kind yeah. of poo-pooing the idea. But I think that's absolutely a, a possibility. And quite honestly, I'm in that camp. I think they should because I think it will kind of shock it a little bit. Maybe it'll cause a little bit more of a rumble on the way down. But guess what? No one should be surprised. Like like Stephanie just said, the long duration assets and the you know the tech stocks are overgrown and the high growth and not earning any money, blah, 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 blah. That makes complete sense. And that's why the shift into the cyclicals, and look, energy's up another 15% year to date, or maybe it's up 13% after Friday, but it's still up. It was up 50% last year. It's up another 13% so far this year. Even financials, right up until the earnings started, you know, they were up close to 7%. Now they've adjusted a little bit, but those are going to be opportunities. Consumer staples were the best acting group yesterday. Once again, what's that tell you? Big, large, mega cap, boring consumer staple names, which I think we also talked about the last time we were on, is that that shift into, you know, big and beautiful but boring is going to be where people should be. So let's see. Oil's 85 bucks. Yep. Uh, Brent crude, European crude is 88 bucks. The 10-year is 177, so we'll call it 180. To Stephanie's point, it jumped up pretty fast. Oil jumped up pretty fast. Um, Steph, uh, I want to go to earnings and fundamentals, but what will a Russian invasion of Ukraine do? Higher, higher. $100 oil, maybe more. Um, The supplies are so lean right now, Larry. That's the whole reason why energy has done so well. Because the companies, if you talk to every one of them, Kenny knows this just as well as I do. So do you. These companies have held back on production for a a host of reasons, right? Mainly ESG related, right? And Mm -hmm. all of this, 
you know, the, 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 you know getting into the clean uh, theme, if you will, in whatever way, uh, carbon neutral, whatever. Um, woke. And, and woke. that's happening. And so as a result, you're not seeing the production like you would normally see. You're not even seeing CapEx that much. Now, there are pockets within energy that actually benefit from that, and that's the services companies. And i got to tell you something. On Friday, Schlumberger reported, and they used the S word, the S word meaning super cycle, because right. of demand, higher prices, and, and, and lack of production, which is just going to keep everything really tight. So you have an issue right. with Ukraine, I think that we're going to have a lot, we're going to have a, a lot higher prices. And then the Fed really has a problem on its hand because commodities aren't right. going to roll over like they think they will. Right. Um, Kenny, I, uh, I would love to see 50. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's where yeah. they should start. We should. Be, when's the meeting? Is the meeting this week? Or? Meeting is Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. And yeah. remember, yeah, so on Wednesday afternoon at 2 o'clock or 2.30, we'll get the, well, 2 o'clock, he'll hit the tape, and, and then he'll come out and make, you know, his presentation and all that. But don't forget, then on, in February, there is no meeting. They got Humphrey Hawkins and all that, which doesn't mean the Fed can't move in February if they decide that they need to. People are under the impression that it's either going to be January or March. That, in fact, is not true. They could move in February if, you know, the, the data turns so strong that they say we need to make kind of an intermeeting move, and they could. But I would love to see out of the gate, I would love to see a 50 basis point move because I think that's the right thing to do. But Kenny, you well, know, I, the market is not anticipating that. Not in not. not no, agree. February, right. So, uh, so that's agree. Agree. For another down to your point. Right. Right. One thing. Right. One of the maybe the only constructive thing that Biden said at that two hour press conference, which I might add, wrecked my. Fox Business Show, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, we we, fi- we figured an hour. Nobody figured two hours. The, the meds were wearing off the last fifteen minutes, but I give him credit. He stood up there for two hours. <laughs> but he said he had a fr- he had a phrase he, about inflation, and inflation is not caused by his $5 trillion spending plan. It's all about the uh, COVID. But he did say that the Fed was going to recalibrate policy. Whoa, a little Fed watching in there. So that was very interesting to me. Now, I, if you ask me what is recalibrate policy, I have no idea. But he did say that. I just want to point that out. Uh, I don't know whether all the Fed, you know, the, the, the woke appointees to the Fed won't come on for quite some time. They have to be they've been nominated and they'll have hearings. So, so, you know, Jay Powell could move rapidly. My guess is, Steph, the faster you get this stuff out of the way, the better off you are. But I Agreed. don't think it'll be that. It may not be that fast. It may be drip, drip, drip. In other words, I'm just Please. asking in all the Goldman profits, I think, freaked everybody out. These tech profits freaked everybody out. So are we heading into bear market territory? Not we might be heading into... Sorry, Kenny. Uh, I'll start. You can, you can uh, finish, because right. we're probably going to say the same thing. It's not earnings. Right. It's, the multiple, it's the multiple you're willing to pay right. on earnings. Right. Earnings right. actually right. quite good. Not at Tesla. Excuse me. Not at Netflix. Um, and not at Peloton, okay? We know that. Uh, yeah, maybe right. a little squishy at Goldman because their comp, their comp and non-comp expenses went up. So same with J.P. Morgan. But guess what? Right. Morgan Stanley had a stellar quarter. They're talking about twenty percent ROTCE. That's just a fa- fancy word of saying profitability. That's enormous 
for, mm. for a stock trading at 12, 12 times earnings. Um, right. uh, Bank of America also an excellent job in terms of costs. Um, and Wells Fargo was the shining star. Everybody hated that thing last year, even in the face of it going up 60%, because it's a restructuring story and they're cutting costs. So you've got to be very, and I'll bet, Kenny, you, you agree with me, you've got to be very stock-specific. You can't just pre- pre- uh, you know, just look at a, an entire industry with the same brush because there's going to be winners and losers. But I think earnings are going to be good. I think multiples are not are capped because you've got the Fed. And I, I don't know if you're going to see 50 in, in, in any of them. Because I don't think Powell is, is – he's too measured. He's well, too- well, listen, anyway. to your point, first of all, and, and you know, uh, Stephanie, kudos to you because you actually were talking about the Wells Fargo story last year. And so, you know, that's a great story. It's turned out to be great. Like you said, they nailed it. And so it is a restructuring story. But here's the other part. I think there were two things that I want to say. Number one is that Biden, Biden gave – he opened the door, I think, and gave Jay Powell uh, the ability to do what he wants when he said he doesn't incro- uh, control inflation. The Fed controls inflation, and they need yeah. to do what they need to do. So I think he opened the door and said, go for it, is what I think that subliminal message was. But here's mm-hmm. the other thing to your point about valuation, Stephanie uh, and Larry. You know, it's, it's really a math problem, right? Because when, when, rates were, when rates were zero and inflation was 1.6%, then the valuations become X. But when rates go to 1% or 1.5% and then or 1.8% and inflation goes to 7%, when you change the input, the answer has to change. And the answer is valuation. And valuations will come down as a result of the inputs changing. So it's really a math problem. It's not necessarily, oh, my God, my hair's on fire. It's the end of the world. People just have to understand that math problem and then allocate accordingly. Why don't we... uh... We're on a, you know hang on, Steph, hang on. Yeah. Uh, we're on a new schedule for, for breaks and stuff because we're nationally syndicated now. Let's take the break now. I'm saying this to my producers. And then we'll come back uh, with uh, Stephanie uh, Link and Kenny Polcari. Let's take the break right now. Give them some breathing room. And we'll come right back and finish this conversation because we've got much more to talk about. It's a very tricky moment in the stock market. I'm Larry Kudlow. I'm here with Stephanie Link and Ken Polcari, and we'll be right back. Larry Kudlow on 77 WABC. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. All right. We are back with Stephanie Link, Chief Investment Strategist at Hightower Advisors and Head of Investment Solutions, and Ken Paul Carey, Managing Partner at Case Capital Advisors and Chief Market Strategist at Slate Stone Wealth. Um, Back to the fundamentals. uh, Start with uh, Steph. How are you on the profits outlook? Because you did have some jarring misses reported this week. Now, are those the exceptions uh, or what? Yeah, I mean, look, we've only had about 8% of the S&P 500 report, so a very small sample size, and definitely Netflix had an issue. But that's a competition issue, and that's a very high multiple stock. And so it was a one-two punch where they didn't deliver, and it's a high multiple stock, and now nobody wants these high multiple stocks. So it fell. The whole group fell. 
again, as I mentioned, because there's competition in streaming across the board. Uh, that's been loud and clear. So, unfortunately, it's come home to roost for Netflix. Peloton has had issues for, for, for quarters now. Uh, and, it, and it just it doesn't even have profit. So, and they don't have a strategy at this point. They keep changing it. So, that's kind of a mess. So, I would say the banks really held their own. Even even Goldman, I thought, was an overreaction. And the stock, actually, by the way, trades at 1.2 times. Look, that's very, very cheap. I think you can buy several banks here. I think you still want to own that sector group, even though, as, as Kenny yep. mentioned, they have pulled back quite a bit. Um, and, but that's your opportunity, in my opinion. Right. Um, and so right. I feel good about at least the start of earnings. Now, this week, we have 21% of the S&P 500 companies that are reporting. We have Microsoft, we have Apple, we have J&J, American Express, Cat, Caterpillar, just to name a few. So we're going to learn a whole ton. But I do think earnings are going to be good. It's about the expectations. It's about the multiples that they're trading at. And that's why, as, our, as uh, Kenny and I both have talked about, that's why the value in cyclicals are doing a little bit better. They're holding up relative. They're still going down, right. uh, but they're holding right. up relative. And overall, I think you're going to see maybe low double-digit earnings growth when it's all said and done. You're going to go to 3% on the 10-year. So the multiples are going to be threatened, Kenny. Now, when yeah. you go to 3%, I have no idea. But I right. think, again, with a 5 to 7% inflation rate, and I don't think that's going to come down. Right. Some people do. I'm not in that camp. I just right. think that's a threat to interest rates and uh, a threat to multiples. It, it absolutely is. And I actually think that the inflation, I don't even think it's going to stay. I hate to say it. I'm in the camp that it's going to get worse before it gets better, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that it's potentially, uh, you know, could we see 10% inflation? I hope not. But could we see it if this continues? I think we could. And I think that's what's going to then cause uh, a, a swifter, sharper move in the tenure. So is 3% the number? Ultimately, yes. How fast we get there is going to determine how swift, you know, the market adjusts, right? Whether, you know, you can say how swift it's going to sell off. I'd prefer to say reprice. Um, mm. But mm. That's, going to be, that's going to be where that is. So if you have that, you know, I'm in, the, I'm in the camp that inflation is going to get worse. So therefore, I'm expecting further downside. I agree with Stephanie. I think that, you know, this week is going to be a big week because of earnings. Next week is going to be another big week. We are going to learn a lot. But if this is going to be a very specific, you know, this isn't going to be a broad uh, ETF type of an investment environment. It's going to be very stock specific, I think. And I think those people that, are, that, that can weed through and pick the winners are the ones that are going to shine. And, again, I would – I would uh, lean more towards uh, uh, the, the value and uh, the value trade. I'm in the value trade for all of 2022. Stephanie Link, you had November and December declines in retail sales. Uh, what do you make of that? I think you have to add November and December together right. an average, right? Because we saw a pull forward in November and mm-hmm. we, we saw a little bit weaker in December. I think everybody, including myself, um, and perhaps both of you, was, I was nervous I wasn't going to be able to get anything for the holidays for my family and friends. Right. So uh, obviously um, uh, there was a, a pent-up demand and a pull forward. But I think the consumer is just fine. So here's one thing that I saw Jamie Dimon two weeks ago, before he reported earnings, it was like a Monday or Tuesday. He had comments that were, were basically said he, he highlighted the consumer. And I 100% agree, and we've talked about this a lot of different times. But we know consumer is two-thirds of the economy. This is one of the reasons we always pay so much attention. He said balancing has never been better. Spending is 25% more than pre-COVID levels. 
consumers have $2 trillion in checking accounts, and they're paying down debt. Debt-to-service ratios are the best in 50 years. We all know about jobs. Right. They're plenty. Wages are right. strong. And businesses are also flush with cash. All of that there. added together, I feel okay about the consumer. I really do. Stephanie Link, Ken Polcari. That's the story. I'm Larry Kudlow, folks. We'll be back with Money and Politics on the other side of the break. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.